What up, this is your boy DJ EFN. You might know me as a drink champ, but first and foremost, I'm a proud father. I linked up with two of my other dad homies, Manny Digital and KGB, to start the Fatherhoods podcast. Each week, we bring you insider hip-hop stories, parenting, and advice and therapy. The saying is true, it takes a village, and we humorously serve as each other's trusted counsel in figuring out how not to screw up being a good dad. Fatherhood's Fatherhood's Podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diapers. Yo, Fatherhood's fam, when you're out and about with your baby and they start wilding out, what do you do? Most dudes are fumbling through the traditional baby bag their lady prepped for them, trying to find that one thing that will calm the kid down. That doesn't have to be your life. Dig no more. The firstborn diaper backpack from Fly Dad has over 21 compartments to have everything right where you need it to be for you and your baby and keeping you fly through the process. Get $20 off when you visit flydadgear.com slash fatherhoods. Yeah. Okay. What's going on, fellas? How you doing? How you doing? Fellas. See everybody. That's that's very Southern. We got a returning guest, though, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. That's right. That's right. That's right. I, he, yeah. So you're you're a fatherhood's alumni. Yeah, I always get like the serious stuff though. That's <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> you know. So so for those who might not remember, uh, this is this is a, a, a one of my oldest friends. To be honest with you, I mean, we go back to junior high. Yeah. Um, but Wait, besides, hold on. Him, yeah. hold on. When when you got to Miami, it was junior high age. No, no, uh, right at the end of elementary school is when I finally oh, okay. stayed, so like, which is now junior high, like sixth grade and stuff like right. that. Right, okay. But uh, besides um, my boy Donuts, who I met in elementary school, uh, Trek, in terms of people that are around now, around me, is one of the oldest people that I've known out here. Dope. So, you know, old friend, but besides being an old friend, he is legitimately a, a legend out here in Miami and I would I would dare to say you know internationally in the art world and you know he's he's a world-renowned graffiti artist artist period um he's he's a part of the coming home documentary series cast he's the one that sometimes gets us in trouble <laughs> when we're traveling international and starting international incidences but uh besides that you know the most important thing here is he's a father and he's been going through something uh very unique uh yeah. that that we you know that's very serious for for a parent to be going through and and he'll explain so without further ado trek six <laughs> i'm gonna try this again it's gonna suck though watch tell me if you hear it trek ready we don't hear shit bro you still have a warranty on that machine man <laughs> that's what happens in come bingo way none of the equipment works in come bingo way <laughs> Yo, real, real quick, before we, mm-hmm. we, we dive into the serious topic that, that we're about to talk to with Trek um, about. So in the previous episode, might have been the last one, might have been the one before. Um, I don't know what we were talking about, but something came up about an address and E, so uh, so comically, was like, yeah, 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 Manny lives on 123 Comapinga Way, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and you know. We always joke about like all three of the listeners that listen to our podcast and I'm not expecting anybody to really be paying attention. So I'm at my daughter's basketball game this past weekend and uh, I, I come in, I get there late. Oh. I sit down, <laughs> I sit down next to uh, one of one of her teammates, parents. 
and he he brings his phone to me and he shows me like he has it in like the address field so he has my phone number and he put it in the address field he puts one two three go my way oh infamy did you yeah, remember man. automatically what it was from I was, at first I was like, yo, this is so familiar. Why I'm like, and I know you know this yeah, kind of shit. We know it's familiar. So so no, so he's like, Yeah, you know, I was listening. It's basically what he said, and I'm like, of course it was fucking EFN, bro. <laughs> so anyway, um, I thought that was funny and it brought it kind of full circle because we have people listening out there that we don't sometimes realize and they appreciate the banter, so the comedy relief, but they also appreciate, you know, just the the realness of our conversations mm-hmm. um, yes. and, and that combination of things. So shout out to Jeff Garcia and, and the Garcia family um, for that little uh, tidbit. So, shout out to him. So 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 to you, Mr. Trek, um, talk to us. I know, I know you gave us a little bit of a uh, background on what's going yeah. on, but nobody better to tell it than the one going all through right, it. All right. So, I mean, I reached out to because I'm going through something and I felt it was a really unique thing that I don't ever hear any fathers speaking about. In January, there was a lump found in my wife's arm and we thought it was just kind of like a bruise. She had an x-ray and whatnot. And um, to shorten that part of the story up, uh, two months later, we had to re-examine. It turned out it was cancer. It was a really aggressive cancer with only 1,200 cases a year. So there wasn't very much information on it or anything. My wife and I live a very homeopathic life, organic foods. Like, you know, we do everything we can to to take care of our bodies. So this kind of came as a shock. What happened from that point on, Some I think some people that may be going through this will be able to relate and some won't just because of the circumstances. But it's it just snowballed. You know, she was going around trying to find solutions to to having cancer that were avoiding the chemo and, you know, and the modern medicine route. And just that in itself was incredibly difficult for her. But while she did all of this, it left me alone with my children. Um, with much respect to single fathers out there. <laughs> but I live in a very isolated place in North Carolina now um, where I don't see other humans. So when she left, she came here to Miami. We have lots of resources here with the doctors and and stuff at UM. So she came here to do that and explore other alternatives. And this was in April. I'm just, she still hasn't come home yet. So I've, I've been all year alone with my children. When she left, they did not know anything of, of cancer or what was going on. They just knew mom had something on her arm that was bothering her and she was getting checked out. So I had to go through the whole gambit of, First, the initial, um, how do you say, uh, emotions and feelings of, of, you know, my partner has cancer. Then I had to deal with, oh, shit, I'm all alone now. You know, I'm, I'm in the middle of the sticks with my two kids and, and no, no relief, you know, in terms of like the aid. Mm. And I had to explain to them what was going on. I have a 10-year-old a, a and a 5-year-old. And my 10-year-old is brilliant. So it's, there's no pulling the wool over his head. So I had to employ, employ different strategies and learn different strategies of how I can maneuver through these waters with my children and not it be like this huge negative impact in their life. I tried to figure out ways that I could steer this so they're able to understand what's going on, but not have that that stigma 
you know, the, the word cancer comes with, you know, and, um, her in Miami had all the resources. She has a huge community of friends and she was staying at her parents' house, which is a very beautiful home, serene, like everything that she needed to go through that journey in a, in the most positive, um, light was there. But the contrast was me on the other end. I'm just, I'm finishing the school year with the kids and y'all know how graduations are and, you know, all that stuff. I go through the whole summer, starting the new school year. These are all things that that I had to endure on my own. And I'm not an absent father. I'm not a, the type of father that I, you know, I'm just a provider and I step back from the rest. I'm actually in, in involved heavily in my kids, you know, from day to day. But I don't think anything really pre prepares you for that moment, you know. And it brought up a lot of questions, like how how do other fathers deal with being the care provider for a of spouses going through a potentially fatal um condition you know what it, what is what are the metrics what do you do how do you explain to a five-year-old hey this is what's happening to mommy um and and you know with all the way movies are nowadays you i was never aware just completely desensitized how often the the, the subject of cancer is displayed to our kids in movies it's everywhere, you know, oh, yeah. Disney, Flicks, Marvel, like everything, you know. And so my kids were big Marvel fans. And I don't know if you remember in Guardians of the Galaxy 1, the mom dies of cancer in the first 15 minutes. Oh, in Thor, the 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 female Thor, was her name? Jane oh, Foster right. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. She's struggling with cancer through the whole movie. You even have scenes where she's in, doing chemo. So my mm. kids are seeing this. And then all of a sudden, I got to explain to them, this is what's happening to mommy. And you're not going to see mommy for a while. In my head, also dealing with if she ever comes back. So it was, it was, I'm still, I'm literally exhaling today. I was telling E, my wife had the tumor removed yesterday. Mm. So I'm still in the process of processing and, and, and hopefully closing out this chapter. But it just brought up so many questions as to like, other fathers going through this, what strategies did they use? Like, what were their experiences? I didn't have anyone that I could turn to and say, Hey, you know, how, how do I do this? You know? And, um, I learned some things, you know, with, with my children in particular, uh, I never lied to them from the very beginning. You know, mommy had a bump. Mommy's getting checked out. Okay. Mommy had it checked out again. She has to go get checked out in Miami. I did everything, but use the word cancer and tumor. Everything else was explained exactly and as raw as it was explained to me by by the doctors, or actually for my wife, um, and that seemed to work really well for my for for my kids. And it wasn't until it was the point where she was doing chemo, where we knew that visually there were indicators of what was going on, that I actually start using the word cancer and saying tumor. And I remember sitting down, and my at this point it had been like maybe two or three months. The, the 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 two months that, that we've been going through this and my wife had already been gone for a month or so uh away and i talked about it so much almost talked it to death you know that when i actually sat them down and said hey look just so you know what your mom has is called cancer my elders was like okay go it was just a name at that point i had completely destroyed the the all the emotions and negative connotations that, you know, when you hear the word cancer that, that could be thrusted on them. And and for me, it worked great. Um, I didn't get the advice from anyone. It was just something that intuitively 
I did. You know, like, like any father, you try to protect the kid. So I'm trying to protect them by not using the word cancer. You know, later on, I found out that was a, a, an intelligent move, but it wasn't, you know, premeditated or anything. But, but yeah, that's Great. why I reached out to you guys. How, I just, you know, how old know are the kids know. again? The, the two? I have a 10-year-old and a 5-year-old. Both, both yeah. boys? Both boys. Both yeah. boys. Yeah. And, um, and it was tough. And one of my, one of my children has sensory issues, which that in itself is a challenge, you know? So I'm maneuvering through all these waters, dolo, <laughs> you know, like without, I have my, my mother-in-law lives on the same property, but you know, I'm one of those people that grew up super independent. So I don't really use that connection or that, that, um, that aid unless absolutely necessary. Yeah. You know? I, I haven't done anything but take care of my children since April. Like nothing, literally nothing. Um, how, how, how do you how do you grapple with and, and I'm how do you grapple with and may, I'm guessing you probably started to feel this way with just like the feeling of being conflicted with you know your wife's going through hell dealing with what she's dealing with, but then you've got your own internal struggles of fuck i'm here on my own this yeah, is tough it's, it's you know been really hard to with, be and, and and not trying to feel like resentful not at your wife but at the situation no, you know i your you your your assessment and question is so valid you know and even more so i think in my situation where my wife was in in her family's home and basically partying you know for the most part you know she the first I'll say the beginning of it was very difficult. We almost lost her twice during chemo. Mm. Um, she con contracted shingles the same week of, ke of of chemo because of her immune system Terrible. dropping as a result of it. And then when she then she freaked out and didn't want to do chemo anymore and asked them to remove the port. And when they did, she had a pulmonary embolism. And we almost lost her there. Luckily for the embolism, I happened to be in town because I brought the boys for a week to see their mother because at this point they hadn't seen her so many months i don't think i gotta they gotta at least say hello but online you know i'm watching pictures of her you know uh, hanging out with her friends and going to concerts and dancing and and you know very spiritual person so you know all these spiritual practices and you know enjoying uh, the beach and everything which i understood in my heart was what she needed in order for have the positive power right to approach this with the right head. But meanwhile, I'm at home. I had these two munchkins driving me bananas. I can't do anything. My whole life is completely on hold. I can't make any plans. I have uh, no outlet for um, just to talk to, just to talk to somebody and on a day-to-day -day basis. If I don't actually make an effort, I don't see any other humans. So it was complete and total isolation. It left me a little bitter. You know, and then it's like, why are you feeling bitter? You know, she's had, she's the one with cancer. Why are you having any of these feelings? You know, it's kind of selfish, but I had to eventually just tell myself, this has to be normal. This has to be normal. Like, like anyone that would see, you know, their wife having such a beautiful time while <laughs> they're in the, in, in, in the thick of it is going to have these feelings. Now, I also had to remind myself that when she was going through chemo, shit wasn't so beautiful. Right. You know, I remember going into the hospital when she had the embolism, her hair was starting to fall out and it was very patchy and um, huge bags underneath her eyes. And, 
you know, having a hard time to breathe. And then she had the shingles on top of that, which was running rampant throughout her back and causing all kinds of pain. And um, we went to the hospital once with the embolism. And the minute they realized that what she had was shingles, because they didn't even know at the time, people coming in with hazmat suits mm. you know, to the hospital, like really scary stuff. Now, after we got past that hurdle, things kind of leveled out a little bit. She denied chemo from that point on and went straight to radiation. And as as far as what I can see and tell, it's a much milder, um, I don't know what the word would be, but treatment. You know, yeah. it, it, there there is some pain level involved, but her chemotherapy uh, was, uh, I think it was like four hours a day for five days a week. And she was supposed to do it for four weeks. Typically during cancer, it's an hour a day. So they wow. were like hitting her hard, like mm. extra hard. Um, so, you know, I had to constantly remind myself like, yes, on the surface, you know, looking at social media, like an idiot, um, <laughs> it looks like she's having a grand old time. You know, and even my kids would joke around with it. They, they would say, Mommy's at a cancer party. Jeez. You know, they have a sense of humor about it, you know, because they would see, you know, online and they would hear their whenever we would get to talk to her, they're like, Oh, you know, I'm with my friend so and so. And, you know, I'm, I'm, we're doing, we're going kayaking today. You know? So to them, it's like, Mommy's down there partying. She's at a cancer party, you know. So it did kind of make me a little bitter at first, but I had to constantly remind myself that 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 is part of what was needed for her to to radiate and deal with what was happening to her that had i removed that from her and been like a total dick and been like nah you need to come home and handle these kids i don't know if the end result would have been the same um the good news was that she had her surgery yesterday i was telling e and prior to the surgery you know everything was on the table from amputating the arm the attendance from cadavers ready like everything was like the most gloom bubble possible um, when she went into the surgery, but we stayed really positive. You know, she stayed with that same energy, like the cancer party, you know, this is not a big deal. We're going to handle this. My body can do this, you know? And um, if you're a religious person, grace of God or the divine architect or whatever you believe in, uh, the doctor called me an hour into the surgery. He's like, we're done. I'm like, oh, what does that mean? He's like, we got it out. You got what out? He's like, we got everything out. Oh, okay. shit. And like, it damage to her arm. He's like, we didn't even have to touch anything. We literally opened it up, and it was right there, and we plucked it. And all the metrics show that the healthy tissue around is cancer-free. So we don't recommend any more radiation, no more chemo. Matter of fact, come That's check us awesome. out in a couple of months um, to make sure that it's, you know, we didn't miss anything before what we could tell. You're done. So that happened yesterday. So I'm still even like oh, processing all of that. Yo, but, but but it's it's interesting because I, I I sensed like this. I don't know if calm is the right word to describe it, mm -hmm. but just you you kind of in a in, in a controlled state, right? Mm -hmm. Not like like there's almost like a, yeah a calm. I guess is the way I would describe it. Like you know shit is happening. Really mm -hmm. could could go left, you know, at any moment. The way yes. you were describing it, plus you caring for your household and making sure that mm -hmm. you're you're doing all that and then now when you said this um about like you know it's essentially she's seems to be kind of in remission i know it just happened yesterday yeah. but yeah. the doctor seemed really optimistic about super optimistic and, and and so i wonder like the roller coaster that you've been on over the last 6 months and and your ability to kind of hold it together mm -hmm. how how have you managed to do that 
Because I'm sure it's like I said, it's I'm, been a roller coaster. I'm, I'm still kind of like processing. I, 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 on my own, my own life has been a series of very traumatic experiences. You know, from a death of a brother till now. So I've had, I guess, kind of practice of in crisis, in crisis mode. So when this happened and she left, first she left to, to, to meet the doctors and then she came back for a week and then she left again. And then I didn't see her for, for months. And for me, it was just like, for my, like any, like any father, you know, like I got to do what I got to do. Like my, I have kids. I can't just sit here and, and excuse me and, and be sad on my, and beat myself up and look at it. Like this is the end of the world and we can't get through this. And, and, and even more so because I'm alone. I can't be that self-defeating because I have to get up tomorrow. I got to make lunches. I, I, their school is an hour away. So I drive an hour there, an hour back twice a day. Crazy. So, you know, there was no time for it. There was just so many things that I had to take care of that there was really very little time for me to sit here and think about anything other than what I got to make for lunch tomorrow, you know, oh. and which was kind of turned out to be a blessing because I, I just threw myself a hundred percent into it so that, I would be my primary focus, one foot at a time, deal with the children. Let her go down there. She's going to deal with the cancer, you know. And wow. just it, like kind of black and white, just like that. Just like that. To- and, it, and, it, and it happened literally over a week. You know, she went over, went, went down to Miami, met the doctors, came back and said, okay, I got to leave next week. Boom. She's gone. And this is at the end of the school year, you know. And at that time, my eldest was going one school and my my youngest was going to another school and he was only going to that school part-time so now i'm i'm part-time you know with with the youngest um while the oldest is going to school and then we roll into summer where you got them all the time and up there is beautiful it's peaceful i got nothing but woods and rivers and fortunately that's what my kids are into but you know they get bored and so now, you know, daddy has to step in. I took him to Disney. I took him to the Atlanta uh, uh, aquarium out there in Georgia. Like, I just try to find all these things that I found, like, stimulating to them and try to wrap the summer in that and wrap myself in the act of doing those things for them to the best of my ability and just let my wife handle what's going on down there. Uh, to be honest, I I didn't know much of what was going on in Miami because of it. Like, our communication was even kind of like a uh, very minimal and I don't, it, it wasn't intentional. She was just in her bubble, you know, and I mean that in a positive form, she was in her bubble trying to deal with, you know, possibly dying, you know? And so she would call me or I would get a hold of her in the morning. It's like, okay, babe, this is what I need um, to get done. Do, do, do we agree on this? You know, like just up to date with each other on what the, the parenting, um, conversations need to that need to be had but as far as like the medical stuff i was kind of in the in i was the last to know last to find out about everything which i again go, going back to, to what Kelly was saying it made things in me a little bit more bitter even more because i felt like i was doing this really huge um task allowing her to just completely check out of this part of her life to deal with that you know, so it made me even more, it made me even more bitter that I also wasn't, you know, the first phone call, you know, when, when, when X was said to her or, or any of that, you know, but I knew that she had this really tight group of friends that she calls her sisters and they, they were holding it down with her on a daily, you know, daily with her going through all the notions, you know, having the deep conversations necessary, 
Um, but it took a lot. It took a, a lot of restraint to not let it go further than just, you know, that path, that fleeting thought, you know, and, and not and not really just allow myself to be an asshole and, and selfish about it. But I, I did, just, do you think if. Yeah. Good. And I was going to do, do, do you think that if you guys had if you and the kids had kind of relocated with her, that it would have not not hurt the situation but yeah. she wouldn't have had the full focus or to more family to... support to help you out well we thought about that and in miami i would have had more family support definitely um the day-to-day grind would have been much simpler you know uh just getting groceries for me is, is, is a three to four hour trip so yeah those things could have been done better but but it know. probably took it probably would have been harder for her because she probably would have felt like all right my, now i gotta you know i gotta funny. focus on like the, the closer you are the cl- the more her mind's on you guys yeah. No, yeah and she had to be she would have to be mom there's no right. way we're yeah. in the same room with the kids that the kids are going to understand hey you guys can't be dickheads to each other and fight because mommy's throwing up because she's having a reaction to chemo all right so my initial thought was, let me just give her that space so it's not a, a burden. You know, motherhood is not a burden on her while she goes through this. Um, Yo, that's a cra- it's a crazy sense of awareness because I don't I don't know if I'm in your shoes that that w- I would be thinking. I think like what was just inferred now. It's like, yo, like we're moving as a unit. We're going to try to support with the right. best of intentions, but not really thinking about like the the impact to mm. her being able to focus on her you know yeah. and, and and especially like you just mentioned like you're you're out in the sticks takes you three to four hours to go grocery shopping like yeah. i would i would have put push the easy button quick there's no and, ubers there's no delivery everything pretty much closes around six o'clock around me so there's no you know going out to get takeout that that's not really a thing you know um but to me it was moving as a unit to be honest you know moving as a unit doesn't necessarily mean we have to be side by side. It just means the moves that we're making, we're making them together, you know? So I felt that the best role that I could play in the situation was that. And also I was thinking about visually what would look like to my kids, you know, Um, having to see their mom rushed off to the hospital, have, you know, when, when they got there, when we got to Miami, her hair was almost already gone, you know, so they didn't see it going patchy um she spent a week and a half uh when she had the chemo in the hospital because of the shingles they didn't know it was shingles they just saw her immune dropping and hospitalized her so they weren't privy to visually seeing any of that stuff they were told hey mommy's in the hospital some complications but everything's going to be okay but they didn't have to see it which i thought at least to me made more sense that it would then be easier for them you know, than having to witness the actual, you know, uh, byproduct of, of her treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, all, and then, like I said, everything was being, I was winging everything. There was, you know, there wasn't, and that's why, you know, like I said, I talked to you guys because there was no, I can't think of any place, or maybe there is, and I just didn't look hard enough, where I can see another, you know, another father going through this and say, okay, well, how did, how did he handle this? You know, what was, well, what worked for him? What didn't work for him? I just kind of had to say, okay, this makes sense to me. You know, and and, and and by you telling your story and kind of sharing your experience, you're kind of acting as that for anybody right. who might be listening here. So Did, didn't we, Um, damn, man, I hate not remembering the guest, but didn't we have a guest that lost his wife to cancer and he, he was a single father? 
I mean, if you did, my, I have the utmost respect for that gentleman because that he was a podcaster, I believe, too. Yo, I can't remember. Yo, it's, it's been five years of podcast. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we suck.com. Like, well, I gotta say, this is a it's a stark reminder of just like how difficult it is to be a single parent, whether father yeah, or mother. Yeah, like, yes. there's and even even a stay at home parent, right? Just there's yeah. a lot of responsibility that often goes like overlooked in the grand scheme of things, and it, it's a lot, man. And 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 that was you know, <clears throat> I, I I wanted to talk about it because. Like I said, the, I, I, it happened so fast. Like, oh man, I mean, one minute they're telling us it's just a bruise. She banged her arm on something. It's not a big deal. And then it doesn't go away. And, and I remember um, when she went to do the the biopsy and everything, we weren't even taking it seriously, to be honest. You mm -hmm. know, it was like, oh, well, you know, at our age, everything, everything, every bump, the doctor wants a biopsy. You know, yeah. eh, it's no big fucking deal. You'll be all right. You know? And the day that I found out, actually, I was let go from my job. Like, they were literally in the process. They were firing me as I'm on the phone. Oh, shit. And, and I'm like, yo, I got to I gotta answer this. And I click over, and my wife's like, it's cancer. Yeah. And you didn't just fucking lose your shit? Nah. I just went home, and I talked to her. She's like, okay, low, so I'm going to go to Miami. I'm going to meet the doctors there and see what, what they have to offer. I'm going to go stop at a couple of of uh, um, wellness centers along the way that deal with things, you know, non-traditional. Because for a minute, for, there was a month there where she was she she was trying to fight doing anything other than, you know, and for lack of better description, some kumbaya shit. You know, my wife is very hippie. And so she didn't did not want to go into the hospital and was fighting it every step of the way until she did one MRI. And then two weeks later, um, went in to do another one and it had grown like four times in size. Oh shit. And that's when it was like, look, we don't have time to play. Like you need to make, we need to start making some decisions as to how we're going to attack this now, because if it gets into the lymphatic system, that's a wrap. Complicates shit. Yeah. 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 No, with that type of cancer, it's a wrap because wow. chemo in particular isn't very responsive to that type of sarcoma. So if it got in the lymphatic system, there's no more to save you now it's just how much time you got and so let, let me yeah. let me um interject really quick i wanted to say some of the takeaways that i'm getting from this that i think should be discussed or or considered for the audience to to you know anybody listening should consider for example one thing that i'm doing right now i don't know if i've talked about it yet is i'm i'm working on a trust and a living will and a will mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And all these things. And people, when they th hear trust or even wills, they think you have to be wealthy to have these things, but you don't. You know, what it is is getting your shit together so that if and when you pass, well, we all pass, not if, but if it happens mm -hmm. sooner than later, um, it's not a burden on your family and on your kids to have to deal with a legal system depending on the state to to probate and all that different stuff or or you know or even your wishes mm -hmm. for how you want things to go down so i think number one i think that's a takeaway from this that i think every every father should consider uh and look at it with um a sense of urgency because yes. like i'm in the process of finishing it and in my head i want to call like the attorneys and and be like yo uh, let, let put, let's put something down now just in case you know like what if it happens tomorrow you know like this process is taking me a few months to put together. And while I've been working on it, I'm like, what if shit happens today? You know? 
So that's one. That's and a big then, deal too. <laughs> yeah, no, because the, all the laws. There's a lot of laws that people don't realize what happens when somebody dies, and so, and and I'll let you get back to what you're saying. But what, yeah. but 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 in in reference to that, we had the minute we the bump started happening, we automatically started working on the will. You know, not because of the bump, but it just kind of was like, okay, well, look, we're getting older. Um, we need to figure this out because if if my partner dies in this manner, a lot of times what happens is part of the assets get seized by the government temporarily well and you, see i don't know i don't know how it is in in the carolinas but according to the attorneys that i'm dealing with they're saying that not even the will is enough to to uh circumvent probate yes. from the state yeah, you're correct. You're correct. so that's why that's what i'm saying you don't have to be wealthy to create trust trust is just whatever you have whatever assets you have putting them in a trust so that the state is not what takes it over it's the yeah, trust that, that, that controls it and the and the trust dictates what happens with it, and it doesn't have to go into probate. And for people who don't know what probate is, basically the state has to go and confiscate everything, and then you just have to basically pay taxes, and and not just taxes, you have to pay fees to the state, and mm-hmm. it's a long, drawn out process of paperwork for them to, you know, go ahead and disperse whatever to whomever. Back to you. So and and then if they don't get a hold of people, it goes into like auctions and yep. all the kinds of ridiculous things. So. That's that's that was the one thing that one takeaway. The other one is, you know, it might not be a bad idea if you're married or you have a partner and you have children together to actually have some of these conversations of some of these scenarios that mm-hmm. could happen. You know, like how would this kind of how would this work? You know, how would it be if if one of us is left alone and to deal with all the day to day for the kids like Let's play out these different scenarios and have some kind of like, you know, loose action plans. So it's you're not like blindsided by the situation. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like, like, you know, in your situation, it's like, of course, she needed to have meant, you know, like she needed to deal on her mental so she could so her mental could help her, her whole physical Physical. health. And she had to disconnect. But, you know, if you have that conversation and you're like, you got before anything bad happens where you're where you kind of feel bad. Like, I don't want to tell her, you know, like that I'm yeah. feeling a certain way. Cause you know, she's yeah. going through it before anybody's going through it. You have these conversations of, and you like play out all these different scenarios. Now, maybe that's too much. I don't know. No, but no, I think that's a super shit happens. Thing. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have, we didn't have the foresight of it, of that in that, in that reference, we didn't think about things in that way. And then when, when it was confirmed that it was cancer from that point on, things just moved so fast that we didn't even, I didn't have the time for that. So it was just kind of like she left. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have the time for it. That's she why <laughs> had you had something <laughs> kind of already, you know, of course, nothing will go. I wouldn't have been bitter either, too, you know, right. Like, like, but what Kether was talking about, like that, that, that feeling that initially I had at first as this was going down, wouldn't have been there because that she was just following the plan. Right. And I was already aware of what was, you know, what was going to be asked of me and what was she going to be doing? Um, but again, you know, I did this, this, it caught, it was totally caught off guard, you know? Um, so something that we, something that we've kind of talked about, but kind of hinted at, but not really addressed directly is just your, it seems like you have a, a really strong ability to kind of feel, understand what you're feeling and not allow yourself to react 
without kind of processing what you're mm-hmm. feeling, which I just, which is crazy. Cause I just came from a, uh, a retreat this past weekend where the focus was on understanding what you're feeling, allowing yourself to feel those feelings fully and like understanding how to communicate those things without shame judgment. Cause a lot of times it's like you're, you're triggered by something someone did. Mm-hmm. And then that escalates very quickly into a judgmental based argument. Right. Yes. Um, and so I, I got to applaud you because I could see based on based on what you've said, it sounds very clear to me like you you have that skill. And it's one of those things that I feel like in society, not being able to understand what you're feeling leads to chaos, like incarceration, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. a lot of really bad shit and being able to hone in on that in such a devastating period in your life. Right. You mentioned you're having you're on the phone getting fired. Yeah. And then you got to click over and your wife just confirms like she that. has cancer. Just like that. What was the right. third thing that happened? Because it always happens in threes. In threes. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I got to think about that one. Uh, it was it, there was a lot of things. Just like I said, everything just started moving so ridiculously fast because, you know, one to go back a little bit to what you were saying about my ability to contain my emotions actually could be referenced to the first time I was on this podcast where we talked about mental health. I am a bipolar uh right. having the condition. I don't take medications and haven't taken medications in, I don't know, like 15 years or something like that. Um, and I had to teach myself how to deal with my own feelings very quickly so that I don't react, you know, the way a bipolar mind reacts. I had to, I have to have like a constant checking method as to whether this is really a real um, emotion that I have to, you know, give some validity to, or is this just my mind running off? you know, with the mm-hmm. impact of what just happened or what I'm seeing or thinking or whatever. So I've had plenty of exercise in in, in containment, you know, That's Ill. Um, which I think helped a lot when we got, when, when I got to this, it's like, okay, whatever I'm feeling, it's okay. Feel it. It's fine. Focus though on the real, the real is tomorrow. I got to wake up at five o'clock in the morning. I got to make two breakfasts. My kids don't like the same shit. So that means I got to make two independent, <laughs> different breakfasts. They don't like the same lunch. So I got to make two different lunches, you know, like going through that whole shit. Like I, I spent all my money on groceries thinking they're going to eat this good food and they take a bite and they're like, daddy, I don't like this crap. Or, oh, that's the worst, you know, man. <laughs> yeah, or, or like, like, like my kids hate vegetables. Right. And so we give them this, like a, like a milkshake, but it's all like a, really strong probiotics and greens and stuff like that, but they love it. But my wife was the one that always made that. Mm. So now there's this whole transition period where I have to learn how to make the milkshake the way they like it, make the cheese sandwich the way they like it. You know, all these things that, that, that she custom tailored to her workflow, I got to now step into and, and, and deal with. And so, you know, yeah, (laughs) it's, it was, it was, it was a lot. So I don't know what the, what the third one I, but, I mean, but, the third would be that it starts with me losing the job, you know, yeah, which right, that also right. was a blind side too, because I was doing very great with this company doing graphic design and, I, you know, without going too into detail about it, they let me go. So my, it, it starts with that. It's like, okay, I get let go from the job. My wife has cancer. The traditional thing to do is everybody, we're all going to move to wherever treatment is going to be. And it turns out the complete opposite. My wife is going to Miami from April till now, she's still here, you know, and I'm up in North Carolina with the children, you know, um, and it's a lot, man. I'm single fathers, man. Shit. I don't know how y'all yeah. do it. I, you know, when we were getting ready to have you on this time, 
uh, I just kind of started reflecting on my own life and a lot of the things I take for granted because my wife is right next to me. Mm-hmm. And and I've started breaking down like the morning routine shit is a perfect yeah. example. Like I can get up a little bit later because my wife gets up to take care of our oldest who leaves the house yep. first. Yep. Right. And then I and then we break down the rest of the responsibility. I handle breakfast for the two little ones. Mm-hmm. I'll go wake them up. I handle making the coffee. She handles everything else. But when those days happen where she's got to, for some reason, leave earlier than normal, or and I got to handle and I, oh, right. Or she's not feeling well. I got to handle everything. Yo. And it's not, we're not talking about anything complex. We're talking right. about one moment in the day, but that shit, it drives me insane because it's, it, it's so specific and there's nuance to it that if you're not really up on that, cause you haven't been doing it, like it drives you nuts. Yeah. And, and, you know, on top of that, there, you know, having to constantly watch, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm monitoring my kids all summer long, looking for like the reactions to what's going on, making sure their their mental they're health okay, is, is you know. Good. So, like, the conversations at the end of the night, you know, when we're laying in bed, you know, we're really key, you know, summarizing each day, you know, and giving the intent to what's going to happen the next day and the routine of what's because, like, my, my, I said, my eldest has uh, some sensory issues, so. You know, if you tell them you're going to take them to the park after school and then you didn't get the groceries done and you show up and you're like, yo, Poppy, I have to take you to groceries. You know, hell breaks loose. Yeah. You know, I got to baseline this kid. It's, you know, super angry, you know. So it was it was a lot. It was, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know how or my kids are just awesome kids and they were they really flowed through it better than I could have ever imagined, you know. And I think the key to it was being honest. I wasn't graphic just honest you know and and i'll give you another piece of credit like yeah honestly i think it's paramount but also the again back to the calm right like you the way you maneuver the day is is probably the biggest example because they're going to mm-hmm. act they're mm-hmm. going to follow the way you act right so yeah. if you're tense and out of sorts they're going to feel yeah, that they feel energy. that energy and they're going to wild out probably that, more that than happened too and there would there would be days where i would snap on them you know like in the most angry mood i mean nothing bad but just like and i'm in i'm in a bad mood yeah you know i can't take it today you know i'm four hours a day in the car just taking them to school five days a week you know just that alone is a killer you know god forbid you gotta take a shit yeah Yeah. no i mean the the, the, the dumbest the dumbest things just become exponentially so much more difficult so there'll be days where you know i just wasn't playing you're not in the mood for shit and and sometimes it i I would treat them unfortunately a little bit harsher you know, like a little more grittier in it because I'm still, I'm going through it too. Shit. I'm fucking human. So that, that was, you know, the key there was always circle back to them and explain to them, you know, basically daddy's human, you know, sorry that I, you know, I spoke to you in that manner or that I was sharp with you or blah, 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 blah. Daddy's missing mommy today, or I'm very tired. I didn't sleep last night. Or, you know, I got a couple of things on my mind, you know, it's a dope business, but it has daddy on edge. And you know, I have to explain to them in a real human way. Try. I thought that would be better than trying to be the mm-hmm. Superman, you know, and hold everything in and, you know, daddy's the strongest guy in the world. I can't break, you know, because I don't know for me, just, it didn't work for me with my parents when my dad tried to be super tough. And then Shit didn't go right for me as a teenager. Later on, I find out my dad was dealing with some other shit behind the scenes that I didn't know about. That now as an adult and a father, I look at him like, yo, that's why he was being that way. You know, 
he was going through some things, you know, and as a kid, I, I wasn't privy to that information. So I, I decided to approach it differently and just be a little bit more humane about it and, and not paint myself as that, you know, that character and instead show vulnerability. So let them know, like, you can be vulnerable too. You know, like if you want to cry, if you got feelings, if you're in a bad mood because you miss your mom or, or, or I'm not cooking the rice the way you want it or whatever, let's talk about it. Tell me, you know, like, how do you want your rice? You know, you know tell me why you miss, what you miss about mom, all these different things. I remember last week I spoke with them because it was starting to finally show. Like all summer long, they've been super cool. But the last two weeks, they're really starting to get to that point where I need mom home. Right. And their behavior was becoming a little bit more short with each other. And I remember we we're sitting in bed and I said to my, said to my eldest man, I'm like, yo, you guys have been bickering an awful lot today. You know, and it's something you want to talk about, you know, like you want to share your feelings with me. And he says, daddy, when mommy left, she had hair and looked good. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, what does that mean? Last time we saw her, she was bald and had bags under her eyes. I'm like, well, how does that make you feel? He's like, it makes me worry. You know, so being tapping into them in that way, I think was was key. You know, because it brought the the the, conver the tough conversations, it brought them to the forefront for us to, to the have, surface, right? You know, rather than just going through the motions of getting through this, you know, and and suppressing all of that, right? Because because yeah. that's what that's where we're kind of taught, especially men. Like we're mm -hmm. we're not expected to express the shit that we're feeling, mm -hmm. good, bad, or indifferent. Like there's always like you know, barriers to being able to do that shit to your fullest expression. So what do you do? You suppress. And the mm -hmm. more things you suppress, the more baggage you're carrying, it's, right? Yes, it gets worse. It gets worse. Well, worse. Manny, I'm sure that that's some of the stuff that in that retreat that you guys tackled and, and we'll talk about it on the next episode. Um, but, you know, maybe you should give the info to Trek. Maybe that's something he'd be interested in in checking out. I mean, the one thing Manny left out is that they had an abundance of cocoa butter there for some reason. <laughs> I can give you the address to where uh, you can find the cocoa butter. Actually, it's one, two, three. Use cocoa butter. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, but but seriously, like, um, in fact, like what we were talking about this whole weekend, and like we said, we'll talk more about it next episode, but like. You you seem to embody a lot of the lessons that were taught and leverage some of the tools. So it's really like like crazy to me that we're having this conversation. Me mm. coming on the back mm. end of you know this this retreat. <laughs> fifteen <laughs> men, fifteen men at this retreat. Okay, just cocoa yeah. butter, lots of yeah. cocoa butter, and lots of cocoa butter. <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't baking, or were they? <laughs> no, but look, man. I, I sometimes, and, and I feel like. And you tell us, because I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Trek. But like you mentioned, you kind of isolated, didn't really have a lot of people to talk to. Um, on top of the fact that you historically just kind of tend to rely on yourself or maybe your partner to get through things, right? And so conversations like this, I would imagine, do help. Even though if God willing, you know, I knock on wood, you guys are on the other side of this whole thing, given recent events. But um, what do you have to say about you know, being able to have a conversation like this, I know it's more public now, but even if it was just a closed conversation, like what does that do for you? You know, initially it was, it was me um, wanting to at least have the dialogue out there because I felt that I didn't have the, 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 that tool or that, you know, that option. 
But I have to say at the end of this conversation now, I have to really say that it's also kind of like self-therapeutic. Hell yeah. Because being being in isolation the way I was. And, 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 and the other thing that, you know, was funny because it made me a little bit bitter through the whole thing is you always have the, hey, what's going on? I'm like, oh, you know, times are, times are a little rough. You know, wife's got cancer. Oh, man, I feel for you. Let me know what you can do. And my response was always, you know, at least to the people in my general area, was always the same. Come visit me. Mm. And nobody ah. visited because I live ah. so far in the sticks, ah. you know? So being now to have other peers next to me and speak to them and tell, you know, the journey or the story or whatever, um, helps a lot because I'm, I'm, I'm at the same time as I'm telling you guys and hoping that other people that are maybe going through this or, or, or hearing this, I'm also hearing myself say these things for the first time, yeah. you know, um, which I, I'm, I'm feeling right now is, was, is really key. Yeah, you got to release, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard because you know the stupid day to day grind of the single parent is just so intense and exhausting that I don't, I, I don't even think I even had the time to to speak to myself and say, "Hey, how do you feel? You know, how's it going?" Because it's just so much. It was like just everything exponentially more difficult. You yeah. Know? So. So yeah, I and, think and, now now is the actual time where I'm like, okay, wow, oh, okay, how do you really feel about this? Like, did you do good? How do you you are you bad? Are you upset? Are you still worried? You know, now I can do that. But it's been it's been a few months of just like, just focus, focus. My kids, because my focus is the boys. Let me yeah. let me be there to make sure that the boys are good. Then I'll deal with everything else. You know. I'll deal with any of the other problems that might be coming our way. But right now, it's just, what do they need? You know, whatever they need, I got it. I got it. I'm on it. House needs to be clean. This needs to be fixed. Cars need to be registered. Registration coming up. You know, uh, graduations. <laughs> you know, all these little things. You know, uh, school field trips. Yeah. Uh, you know. And then at the same time, my wife is starting a business, or we've been working on a business. We're, de we're developing a small land, piece of land out there to do short-term rentals. And so she has construction going on at the same time, you know. Which so I'm trying to I'm get involved in. What's going on? Oh, we, we got news for you about that. But, uh, but yeah, so it's, you know, like I'm looking, I'm, I'm checking up on the contractors for her, you know, and making sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do. You know, I'm also a little much, man. Huh? A little much, a lot of things. That's a lot, a lot of things. A lot, it's a lot, you know, and then, and then still have the, the strength for when the kids get home, that rowdiness, that energy that you got to put into, you know, some sort of format for them to wind down and, and be healthy, you know, it was, it was a bunch. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't think maybe even till now speaking to you guys, I'm actually hearing myself for the first time, really what the fuck happened, you know? Yeah. What uh, happened so, here? but, but before we get out of here, um, mm -hmm. I, I, this is a message to our listeners because oftentimes you'll hear people like, you know, you, you, it's like it's like cliche now. Yo, check on your friends, uh, check on whatever, check on people who you think are stronger than you, that that kind of stuff. Right. But but the, the, I think some people just refrain from doing that because in my case, I can only speak for myself. I, I always feel like and I don't know if this is because it's a man thing. I would I would imagine you guys can relate to some degree with this. Like you always feel like you have to come ready with solutions if you're going to engage with somebody that might have a situation right. going on, right? And the truth is, just like this as an example, we we can't solve your problems, Trek. Like, we we can't, 
for the most part, we can't even really put ourselves in your shoes because we haven't experienced that, right? But being able to be an ear to to help you let it out and, and yeah, just really attentively listen to what you're saying and empathize with it, I think that's satisfactory for a lot of the things that are going on for a lot of people. Right now, it's the it's being more than you can imagine, you know. Right. So, and so I. I challenge the audience, like if if there are people in your in your circle that you either know that they're going through some stuff or you don't know, but you want to check on, like don't feel compelled to come with answers to whatever might be behind that door. Just and people you know, please don't just DM your random celebrity. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, the Fatherhood Podcast. <laughs> want me to check up on you? <laughs> yeah, don't do that. And if I could add a footnote, to, a footnote to that though, you know, don't wait for them to reach out. Because that's the other thing that I that I feel, at least in my case, because I'm a typically I'm a person that's very well composed. So I think some of my friends and my peers, if they don't see me shook, they just assume I got it. Right. And so they don't check in. Not because of anything ill or wrong. They just see me cool and composed. They're like, oh, he's got it. Don't worry about it. Right. You know. Um, when I don't really even have the time to call them and say, Hey, I need to talk to you. Or or man, can someone please call? Like, I don't have I'm I'm immersed in this moment. So as a footnote, beyond checking, you know, make sure that you don't wait for them to ask for the aid. But yeah. Trek, I will I will say something as devil's advocate to, to that point you're making is if you're going through something, don't be afraid to reach out to someone that you trust or several people. Because the problem is, is that that point you're making, the other people that, that you would hope are reaching out, they might be going through some shit and right, feeling the right. same exact way. So it's a circle jerk of everybody going, well, why doesn't anybody reach totally. out to me? Totally. You know? So honestly, I feel like anybody listening, if you feel a certain kind of way and you're starting to say, damn, I wish someone would reach out. If you start to think that way, then just reach out. Yeah. Reach out. I mean, you know, the worst thing that could happen is you find out you don't really have a real friend in those people. Yeah. Yeah. That's the worst thing that could happen. Which and actually, sometimes sometimes that's a great thing, right? Now you you now you eliminate you know clutter yeah. from your world. Right. But what what, <laughs> what what most likely will happen is that that person will 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 be attentive to 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 that moment with you. Um, when you reach out, them being in their own chaos, their own world, where they're like, damn, like when you reach out, be like, damn, I haven't talked. I need, yeah, I, I should have reached out to you. My bad, like. You're reminding them, but then you, you know, you both are like kind of helping each other probably at that point. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I think in my case, I think it's just programming. You right. Know, I grew up a very independent person. So it, it's, it doesn't, and this is my fault, not a fault of anybody else's that, that I don't think to reach out. Yeah. I'm the same way. And, so, and I don't, and I'm I don't just expect it. Yeah. And I hit up Manny all the time. Like, what's the brand of cocoa butter again? He's like, I gotta ask the other 15 dudes. <laughs> He has Tom, Great. Dick, and Harry. Great. <laughs> oh, yo! By the way, shout out to to I think it's at We Junto J U N T O. That is the organization that put on the the retreat this past weekend in the Catskills here in New York. Um, uh, an awesome thing. Check it out if you're interested. We're gonna talk more about it next episode. Yeah. Um, Trek man, thank you so much. We wish you the very best on the next chapter here with your with your wife. Hopefully coming home soon and not having to worry anymore about yeah, this we're, stuff. We're really oh, happy to home. hear the positive she's side home. of everything right now. That's it. You guys are on your way back home. She's with me now. She's in pain free. Back uh, to recovery. Just recovering. Super. Yeah. Uh, well, we're well. 
what we decided to do is let her take another another month at a at a wellness retreat just to eat right. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, get, know, everything, know, yeah. get everything good before coming home. Beautiful. So that so as long as far as things are going, we're we're, we're in the best place possible. Well, congratulations, my friend. And um, reach out, reach out within yeah. that month if you need if you need somebody. Yo, word up. Manny will be there with the box what? of cocoa. Cocoa, Yo, I got that. I got that I've been fresh trying to cocoa, get baby. For years now, though. But... <laughs> All right, bro. All right, bro. Take care, y'all. You too. Peace, fellas. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child.